Welcome to the Happiness Dude Weekly Podcast, where we help you achieve more and be happier doing it. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Leonard, and I'm excited to share with you some of the amazing stories and people, like yourself, that have found the secret to finding happiness in an ever-changing world. We will share real stories about real people. Let's be inspired as we seek greater happiness in our work and personal lives. Today on The Happiness Dude, Episode 2, I had the pleasure of interviewing Andy and Bethany Moon. They are urban missionaries in the projects of Dallas, Texas. Their desire to serve through their nonprofit organization, Feed Thy Neighbor, is truly inspiring. Not only are they serving others, but they're going through their own challenges as well. Listen in as they describe their passion for serving and their secret to happiness. Well, welcome and Andy and Bethany Moon. I'm so excited to have you on today. This is going to be a really fun conversation. And I say conversation because I think that's what's important between people is to have conversations and not interviews. And it's just exciting Uh, and fun to get to know people, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, t- tell us a little bit about yourselves. Who who are Andy and Bethany? <laughs> that is a wonderful question. <laughs> um, yeah, so my name is Bethany. This is Andy, my husband. And um, we are urban missionaries in a South Dallas, Texas neighborhood called Bonton. Um, and we moved here almost two years ago after I was diagnosed with um, a brain tumor condition and Andy had already been serving in this neighborhood as an architect um, in the food desert. And so um, he was helping get a farm established to bring fresh food to the neighborhood. Um, And so I, in my um, kind of gutsy move to just live life to the fullest is like, we need to move there, sell everything. Um, let's go. And Andy of course was totally on board. So, so, (laughs) so were you out in the suburbs before that and then decided to move to, what was the name of the neighborhood? So the neighborhood is, uh, Bonton, um, B O N T O N. And it's, um, derivatives, I guess, in, in, uh, some French word, I guess, meaning good times. Yeah. So it's, it's actually one of the oldest neighborhoods, um, in, in the inner city of downtown Dallas, um, about 10, well, 10 to 12 minutes away from the, the central business district. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a just rich neighborhood. Um, but it, primarily African-American, um, where they kind of segregated, um, that people group, um, for many years and, uh, has just experienced over the years, a lot of generational poverty. And, uh, like Bethany said, um, is a, is classified by the USDA as a food desert, uh, which means, you know, we're at least four miles from a grocery store and, the only um, the only transportation is a is by public transportation, so it actually is about a two hour bus trip to the nearest grocery store because of the amount of stops um, on that bus route and the transfers you have to take on the buses themselves. 
So it's not really a feasible solution for a mom with, you know, four or five kids to be packing up and going to the grocery store with very little money anyway. Um, So they buy a lot of food from the liquor store that's here in our neighborhood, which is not great. Um, A lot of processed So a lot of heart disease and diabetes and, you know, death by those things. So... It's been an interesting, interesting ride for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, our zip code. Yeah, our our zip code in our neighborhood is is like one of the highest for cardiovascular disease and like Bethany mentioned, diabetes and food related uh, illnesses um, that are perhaps preventable. Yeah, for sure. So wow. So so you said inner city, and you said main transportation is you know, public transportation, and you're talking about a neighborhood that, I mean, you even said multi-generational poverty. Um, mm-hmm. For for a lot of our listeners, they don't necessarily understand what that means. So if you were to describe multi-generational poverty, what does that look like? So let's just say that like Andy said, it's a segregated neighborhood. So in the 40s, 30s, 50s, um, when segregation was just rampant in this country, Dallas separated the African-American community. Um, those that needed subsidized housing or, you know, what they call the projects, um, they moved them to the flood plain here in Dallas. Um and established some project apartments and they moved all of these people over into this little floodplain area where you actually have to enter through 20 foot floodgates before you can even get into our neighborhood. Um, and so what generational poverty means is they, these people, this people group has been separated. They've not had access to a grocery store. They've not, no one is building a grocery store down here. They're, they're not given the best bus route. Um, so people are not able to get out and get to jobs. It's very difficult to find a job within a bus route when a lot of the jobs are north of Dallas. Um, we're talking a three, four-hour bus trip um, just due to stops and transfers and things like that. And so the average income for a family of four is just about $10,000 a year. Um, and that's not a lot. <laughs> no, so, no, it, it's almost hard to it, fathom. I, I mean, even, exactly. even when you look at, at, um, typical college students, you right. know, they're making that on the side and it's just for them. And you always hear college students say, oh, I'm so poor, but, but they have no idea what it really means to go without like this neighborhood that you're describing. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, um, the typical week here is, uh, an average family goes four days without a meal. Um, it's one to four, one day every, well, this is really, my research has come from the elderly, the senior adults, and that's primarily who we serve at the moment, senior adults and children. Um, they have one meal every three to four days. One um, and meal that's about every three to four days. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And I'm not even talking a huge meal. I'm talking frozen entree 
the cheapest one you can find, one every four days. Right. Wow. Yeah, and a lot of this comes with, um, I think most most uh, American city, metro, metropolitan cities have areas that are, you know, uh, less economically advantaged. And, and with that comes crime. There's this area is for many years has been crime ridden uh, with prostitution and all sorts of mm-hmm. uh, drug related um, incidences and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with that comes a whole slew of things. Um, that no one wanted to tackle. But Bethany and I really felt like God was calling us to come down here and serve the community. And I think we really, I mean, even though it still is a rough area, I think there is some progress um, that's been made, at least from our, you know, just to to touch others' lives and um, and serve them. One of the biggest things that has made an impact on both our lives and the lives of this community is we talk about bringing people together at a table and having dinner together at a table. If we have plenty, we want to share. Um, That's what God has called us to do. And I think the most interesting dynamic that has happened is for the community to see African-Americans sitting alongside with whites and eating together and sharing. And that um, has been impactful for us as a family. We have an 11-year-old son. For him to see and for him to call our next-door neighbor um, his auntie and to text with her on a daily basis, um, and just to have conversations for, it's interesting to see a car drive by and we are sitting on the front porch alongside our neighbors who are African-American and some of our best friends now. It's interesting to watch that car drive by and to slow down and just stare because it's so unusual. And that in and of itself is powerful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it starts break, yeah, breaking down barriers. Yeah. Um, and so from that, um, Bethy and I, about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. actually started, founded Feed Thy Neighbor, which is a, a nonprofit or not-for-profit um, organization that is, um, primarily functions as a food pantry um, for the neighborhood. And um, even though we're still kind of, you know, gaining some traction and getting donors on board and funding and stuff. We have been able to, to give out lots of canned food items and mm-hmm. um, just staple food that, um, that folks need. Um, so we want to address some of that, that, those concerns. Yeah. Do you, do you have a food pantry? Do you have a location that you've procured where you store the food that's been either donated or, or the monies that have been donated so that you can go out and purchase food? Have you procured a, a, a place for this? Mark, that is an excellent question. <laughs> so when we sold everything and moved here, we, we moved into, um, it's, it's a 1,120-square-foot 1, little bitty home. Um, and we, we, at the moment, store all of the food in our living room, in our kitchen, and um, some items in a refrigerator outside. And we just 
got through funding the very first Feed Thy Neighbor food pantry location, um, and it will be opening mid-March, and it will be right here in our backyard. It is a gorgeous shipping container that's being converted um, and painted and and murals on it and just a lot of hope and um, power in that moment. And so we will have an actual location. So how it works now is people show up at our home at any time of the day or they give us a phone call and, um, you know, we kind of talk through with them why they're in need. Um, if it's a job situation, if it's a, you know, whatever it is, um, we feed a lot of children. We have, um, a lot of the homes are prostitution based work homes. And so those, um, unfortunate situations send their children out at around 6.30 in the morning is when their work begins. Um, and then they send their children out on the street until about 8.30 p.m. The children know that they cannot go home. They've got to find something to abide their time. So that's how a lot of them get into the drug cartels, things like that, um, or prostitution themselves. And so they have started flocking to our home. So we do keep a large portion of snacks outside just in case we're not home. Um, the children know that they have a safe place here. They can play with any of the toys within our yard. Um, we have a fence around it. They can play out there as long as they're respectful. Um, and so, yeah, that, that pantry location is currently here. It will remain here on our property, but it will be in and of itself a fully functioning building by itself <laughs> mid-March. So that. That's going to be really exciting. That, that is absolutely incredible that you're able to to get a shipping container. I love the idea of murals. We've got this wonderful area uh, on the west side of Phoenix where all of the buildings um, have been painted in these wonderful, intricate murals. And and outsiders, when they come by, they they just look at the facade and they go, well, there's bars on everything, and there's obviously prostitutes, and there's gang members over here, and I saw a drug deal over there. But the reality is, when you can see past what what society looks at upon as that ugly facade and go, look at the beauty and the artistry and and the expression of art, I think it's wonderful that, that you're going to have some type of mural on there because it makes, yeah. it, it, makes it for them. Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I've never had the chance to come to Phoenix, but I love that. I mean, I think there's so much rich history in murals. And, you know, the African-American community has such rich passion for art, uh, spoken word, um, you know, just a lot of bright colors and storytelling through pictures. And I think that is so cool. And this neighborhood is losing it a little. So I'm so excited to see, you know, the passion behind the mural. And uh, we are just letting the artists, we gave them our story. We kind of told them a little bit about what we're doing. And we were like, we want you to just take that and use it however you want to use it. Paint it and make it your own. We want vibrant colors. We want stories. And that's what I think has been so cool. And you know, I mean, living in Phoenix, that, I mean, that would be so cool. There's such rich history and different cultures. And um, I think it's so cool to 
to listen to the rich stories and to hear about the generations. There's so much wisdom in those generations and learning to survive on so little, the different, um, like recently we got the flu, both Andy and I got the flu and our neighbor across the street, who is an elderly African-American woman has been terrified of men for years, but adores Andy as if he is her own. I mean, it's so adorable. Um, she, she found out we had the flu and she came over and their health, um, I don't even know what you would call them, but like their little health techniques to, to get rid of different viruses and things with very little money because they can't afford to go to the doctor. I mean, we've heard about green alcohol that you rub on your feet. We've heard about turpentine on a sugar cube that you take to get rid of the flu. I mean, all, I mean, now I will tell you, I did not try the turpentine and sugar because it's terrifying. <laughs> But I did listen to her. I, I heard about it, and I heard her through, but I denied it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's so fascinating. We, I think living here has blessed us and given us so much peace, um, so much more than I feel like we could ever give back. But yeah. that's the coolest thing. You know, I, I absolutely love that. Uh, culture is lost. It seems like in this huge melting pot of the United States, we lose so much of our identity um, and become almost Borg-like to what everyone else is. And the reality is, history and culture is what defines who we are. And I love that, oh. that you're utilizing that as a, as a powerful tool to connect with people. Yeah, we it's it's so fascinating, Mark. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been um, it's just been a, an adventure the last couple of years, and um, we're excited. Meeting, yeah, meeting so many folks and developing relationships and true community with with our neighbors is just it's been just been life changing, really. Yeah, it really is. And I love that you started out by saying we are urban missionaries and you are serving as Christ would serve. And and that is what is so heartwarming to to push away our self-made um, fences, our self-made barriers, to push aside our fears and step outside of our comfort zone and love people as God would have us love. Uh, and it's just right. a powerful, powerful message. But not only that, uh, Bethany, you, you have some health issues. You, you mentioned earlier a, a, a tumor. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I was diagnosed um, with a brain tumor disorder. It's a fluid-based tumor right behind my optic nerves, kind of where it is now, in essence, eaten away. My pituitary gland is completely gone. Um, it now kind of houses itself in that little cella is what they call it. Um, and it's fluid based. It grows and shrinks depending on, um, uh, my body basically doesn't know how to turn off the maker for the cerebral spine fluid. So my body is constantly producing cerebral spine fluid. So my spine, my brain all the way up into this little cella 
it's full of excess fluid. Um, and so we have tried six different little brain surgeries. Um, we've tried multiple lumbar punctures um, to attempt to reduce the amount of fluid and give um, some, you know, relief. Yeah. Um, and all of those were semi-successful but not maintainable. And so we have now um, the meds that I was on. I, I am on a lot of meds that I cannot go off of uh, just to balance hormones, to help with fluid production. My nerves are on hyperdrive, so I am on some meds to kind of calm my nerves. It's basically like my spine is sitting in a bathtub full of water um, for, for years. And so if you think about you sitting in a bathtub, your skin just how painful it gets when you've been in there for too long, everything gets wrinkly and just, you can't feel things correctly. It feels just weird and strange. Um, that's kind of how it feels. I have a lot of pressure behind both eyes. So I've lost peripheral vision. Um, I have certain spots that are gone in my vision. Um, recently have started blacking out and losing vision altogether and that is going to probably become more frequent as the fluid continues to increase. Um, we have chosen not to go through with another brain surgery just because it, it did not improve it so much so that it would improve quality of life. Um, and so just on a lot of meds, I will be on those for the remainder of my life however long God perceives that to be. Um, and, and recently I've started saying, you know, we listened to a sermon not too long ago, but you are immortal until the Lord is finished with your work, the work that he needs you to do. And so that is kind of how I'm living life. I, I'm immortal until my work is done. And, and that, that gives me purpose. I have to make a choice every day to stand up, to work, um, to do the things I'm passionate about, to do the things I'm called to do by the Lord, um, to serve where I can serve. Um, I have a lot of pain, um, a lot of pain, and, and it's hard. I, you know, I look at every day as a new chapter in life, <laughs> a new way to get up, um, and, you know, there are moments where I get sad. There's moments where I get anxiety, um, moments where I kind of, you know, why me and all these things. But I, I give myself permission for just a moment to have those feelings. And then I'm done because those, those uh, feelings are not conducive to a happy life. They're not conducive to a happy wife um, or a happy mom. And I want to be the best version of myself as long as I can. And it's a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice to get up and be a better person and to not grovel in the challenges that each of us have been presented. So. Yeah, Absolutely incredible. Andy, what were you going to say? Sorry. Pretty. Yeah. She's pretty amazing. And, um, and just how she kind of her outlook on, on life and perspective on it all has changed over the, the last, 
you know, six years since the diagnosis. Um, and unfortunately, there's, you know, the doctors, uh, the neurologists, the, all the many specialists that we've been to, um, there's currently no, um, no cure for the condition. You just basically have to address the symptoms and, um, you know, get as comfortable as you can. So, um, but it, but it has, you know, remarkably changed kind of the trajectory of our life. And, um, you know, we got connected to you through LuLaRoe, which has been an amazing blessing just um, to provide for us um, so that we can serve here as urban missionaries and gives us the flexibility, um, you know, when, when Bethany does need a day or, you know, half a day off, to kind of recuperate or rest, um, it gives us that opportunity and has, we just, we love the LuLaRoe culture and, um, you know, all the, the new friends that we've met through, through that, that, um, that network and that, that business. So, um, it's just, it's been a, it's been a wild ride the last few years, but it's, we're in a, a great place and just have a lot of peace of where God has us um, serving. And, um, but it, it, yeah, it's just, it's pretty amazing how, how God can use those um, trials um, that we all face. And, and uh, if you allow them to, can, can uh, you know, make a better life for you and teach you a lot of things as well. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the biggest thing that I've learned is no one is guaranteed tomorrow. No one. And it doesn't matter if I'm sick or not. Andy is not guaranteed tomorrow, just like I'm not. So my choice is a daily choice to get up and serve. And wallowing in it gets us nowhere. It gets you sad. It gets you depressing. And it's not conducive for a happy life. And you, especially as the happiness dude, you, I mean, you know what happiness can bring. And, and that is vitally important. And so that was a choice. Yes, for a year, I went crazy. I wallowed in it. I was depressed. And it was the worst year of my life. I then prayed about it. My husband had been praying for me that entire time. And I made a choice one day to stand up and be different. And it vitally, I mean, and drastically changed our, like Andy said, our trajectory, changed our life. Um, and all for the better. All for the better. You know, it, it's absolutely amazing how true that is, that you have the power and the ability to change your absolute future posterity and trajectory when you wake up one day and make a decision, um, a decision to be different. Now, let me share something about me. There's going to be someone on here that's going to say, yeah, but I have depression. Yeah. I have anxiety. I have, um, I have bipolar. I have cancer. I have whatever the case may be. Um, mm -hmm. I have depression. Um, mm -hmm. and, and there are times that my depression gets pretty bad and pretty dark. Um, it's uncomfortable and I don't like it. 
but it's part mm-hmm. of who I am. And it's ironic that the happiness dude has a form of depression, right? But I do. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't change what I do for a profession. I have a full-hearted, 100% science-backed base and belief that people can and should have happiness in their lives. And that happiness mm-hmm. is, in large, a great choice that we make. We don't allow ourselves to be victims to either the tumor. We don't allow ourselves to be victim to our depression. We don't allow ourselves to be victim to whatever circumstances seem to be persecuting us at the time. Rather, we make a full-hearted choice to change how we view the world. You change how you view the world by going out and serving, by going out and becoming urban missionaries. You made a choice to go out, look past cultural divides, look past economic barriers, look past what other people would see as something to be fearful of only because they do not understand it, and to say, how can I serve How can I lift my neighbor? How can I go and make a difference today? And it's a choice that we make to make those differences. And when we do that, we see an increase of happiness in our lives. We see an increase in how we view the world. And it doesn't mean that the world is filled with rose-colored glasses. Bad things happen to really, really good people. And Absolutely. Bad things happen to everyone, but it's how we choose to to work with those that are, or with ourselves and with those that are having those difficult times. You know, back to your, uh, to the feed thy neighbor, you know, I'm sure someone out there is asking themselves, all right, how can I help as I'm sitting here in my car or at work uh, or at home, how can I help Andy and Bethany Moon with feed thy neighbor? Yeah, I mean, we would love that. Uh, we we have a um, website. It is feedthyneighbor.org. Um, there is a ton of information on there. We are on social media, at Feed Thy Neighbor, um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and we, we also have an Amazon wish list, which if you go to feedthyneighbor.org, you can find linked right there. Um, if donating is where your heart's at, there's a donate button up there as well. Um, pretty much all the information you could, you could find is on there. Plus wonderful pictures of our neighborhood, um, fun stories and just different, different things, different aspects and ways to be involved. So yeah, I, we would love for you guys to check that out. Feedthyneighbor.org. Um, and, and of course, if you're in the Texas area or you're ever traveling to Dallas, dude, stop by. I mean, we love having people come over and you can find all that information on there as well. So, right. and we are, um, we are getting up, uh, kind of a volunteer. Um, a lot of people we, we talk to want to come down and help, you know, organize the pantry and, uh, help put food into boxes and make deliveries and stuff, which is part of our, um, you know, weekly sort of operation here. Um, and as we, you know, as we get the building ready and fully fit, fully outfitted with racks and everything, um, we'll be, um, there'll be more opportunities for volunteer, um, 
volunteering to, you know, whether you're with a, a church group or, you know, your business wants to come down or, or you want to have a food drive yeah. and, and shoot, select us as the beneficiary um, or our organization. Um, lots yeah, of ways to get Lots involved. of ways yeah. to help out. And it's, and it's cool because um, this was a vision that we had and, and that Bethany really had um, as I was still um, still working as an architect, but she she cast the vision, and it's cool to see how how God can use all sorts of people to to bring about um, you know what what we think is is something that He's in and that He wants to happen here in Bonton, and so you know whatever it might be, if, you know if you can donate monetarily, if you can send food or prayers or whatever. Um, it's just cool to see how so many people can, can capture that vision and really see where, where our hearts are and, and that, you know, that this neighborhood is in need and help out in whatever capacity they can. So there's, there's lots of opportunities, um, you know, for, to get involved even if you're, you know, in Seattle, Washington, or wherever. Um, yeah, Amazon is global, and that Amazon wish list ships from all over the world. It's been amazing <laughs> to see that that come together. I mean, it's such a cool thing, and um, even Amazon themselves have kind of sent some things here and there, which is so cool. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's lots of ways to be involved, no matter where you're at, no matter what stage of life you're in. Um, you know, there's always ways to be involved. So, do do you have a link on your website, your Amazon wish list, so that others could go on there, uh, almost like a bridal or a marriage, right? I mean, we we do that for our neighbors, our nieces, our nephews, our family members, but do we always do these types of things for our neighbors and, and for right. those in need? Do Do you have a link on there so that someone could go I, right to your wish list? Yeah, absolutely. If you go to feedthatneighbor.org, you can see our Amazon wish list and uh, you can check out their, you know, their stuff from anywhere from $5 to whatever you feel like doing. Um, so, I mean, we, it's been so cool. We, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. We uh, were recently on the radio doing a, doing a national interview and uh, someone heard about us. They were actually from um, like West Virginia or something and they bought us a, freezer so we now have a freezer and they were able to buy that on the amazon wish list it got sent to us i mean and it's so cool to open your door and be like oh there is a deep freezer on our front porch and it's just so cool to see god working throughout the country and just to see um where people's hearts are it's it's so cool it's so cool but yeah all of that is linked on the website so oh i i absolutely love that and so your two full-time jobs are definitely feed thy neighbor uh your nonprofit, and you fund it personally through your lularoe business and and i believe that you see success there because your heart is in the right place. Your heart is in a desire to serve others. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's the coolest thing about LuLaRoe. And I mean, you guys know, because you get the opportunity to do that as well, but the community that comes around you when you're in the LuLaRoe business and online and, 
And, and LuLaRoe is such a cool thing that just came out of nowhere. And we really had never had this intention to do a LuLaRoe clothing business. But when it got kind of placed in our laps and, and Andy had gotten let go from his job of 12 years, um, you know, we started doing that. And yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic because we do not want to take any money out of feed by neighbor personally. We don't want a salary out of it. We want every dollar that goes into feed by neighbor to go back into feed by neighbor, providing food, um, location, things like that. And so LuLaRoe has been an excellent business for us to be able to provide for ourselves financially and for people to buy things and know that it's going to support us, to support the community. And um, it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Now, now yes. for th- those of you that are listening and you're saying Lula what? Um, just so that you know, LuLaRoe is a women's fashion company that was founded, um, oh, we're coming up on, is it five years now, uh, I believe, and it is a wonderful company that is that makes very unique prints and unique clothing for women that are fashionable and fashion forward. And their business model, as opposed to being in a Dillard's, a Nordstrom, a Kohl's, or other store, is to have independent retailers around the country. Uh, Bethany and Andy are retailers. My wife is also a retailer. And it is a way that we are able to support our families and uh, help other families with fashion and also help other folks in need. Uh, we too give give a lot to our community. But for those of you that are wondering, that's what that is. It's a women's clothing company. You've seen leggings. They're very, very uh, popular and known for their leggings. But they have dresses and shirts and all sorts of other things. We're not gonna. This is not a business pitch for LuLaRoe. Um, this is just to let you know that is how Andy and Bethany Moon are supporting their family and supporting Feed Thy Neighbor is through their LuLaRoe retailer business that they run out of their home. So not only are you, let me get this straight, you have just over 1,000 square feet for, for the two of you and your son. You have a yep. pantry in there for the neighborhood so that they do not have to travel uh, two, three hours via bus to go to the grocery store, and you have an inventory of clothing in your home. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. And one bathroom. So it's, it's always an adventure at the moon home. But yeah, we we uh, make great use of the space that we've been given and uh, that we that we have. And yeah, we've got a little boutique happening in our house. We've got the food pantry. So a uh, little bit of everything. I absolutely love that. Um, my wife and I, we give away clothing. Um, we, we gave away uh, several hundred pieces of clothing to the children's hospital over Christmas time. But uh, we would like to, the next time we have a large donation, we would like to make a donation uh, to your neighborhood. And so uh, <laughs> whenever that, that is, that will be our next donation. Oh my gosh, Mark, that would be huge. That that would bless this community greatly. So that would be phenomenal. Yeah, we oh my goodness. What a blessing. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And for anyone else that would like to donate, as you know, uh, you can go to Feed Thy Neighbor and 
uh, feedthyneighbor.org, and you can definitely make donations. If you'd like to reach out to Andy or Bethany, uh, you can certainly do that th- through their website, or you can reach me at the Happiness Dude. Uh, either happinessdude.com, which is my website, or on the Happiness Dude, I have a Facebook profile and Instagram and some other places. Ask me questions as well. As well. We would love to help support Feed Thy Neighbor. Andy and Bethany, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, and you have so much to offer. And I am truly, truly thankful to be counted as one of your friends. Um, it's ironic, we've actually never met. I was in Dallas recently, uh, did not know that you were there, and it just breaks my heart that, that I could have been there to say hello and, uh, and get actually one of your famous hugs, Bethany. I hear those are all the rage. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, there, there, there's something very special about the two of you. If you were to just summarize your personal mission and your why, what would you say? Oh, man, that's a good question. We, you know, it's interesting that you ask us that because um, we've often, we, when we first moved to Bonton, we weren't, we weren't affiliated with any, you know, with any sort of ministry or anything. We just moved down here. Um, but it's interesting that we always come back to this idea of, um, we're kind of connectors or conduits um, between folks that want to kind of what you might consider the outside world, maybe North Dallas, Mm -hmm. these folks that don't have an idea of what's happening just 30 minutes South of them. um, Because there is, there is an economic divide in Dallas, you know, South Dallas versus the North Dallas um, prosperity up there. So we consider ourselves kind of connectors or conduits, um, in a lot of ways, and I think see thy neighbor is is that as well that we um, we were aware of a need in the community, and we just with open hands we're we're trying to figure out you know how can we meet this need and so it comes back to just connector or you know um and we also like to pride ourselves on on generosity and just giving whatever you can. Um, we, we try to instill that in our son, um, who's 11 years old now. And, uh, just, we like, we want the, the moon family and the moon legacy to be one of generosity mm-hmm. and just being able to help out whenever and always saying, yes, we can do something. Yes, we can help. And not, um, not expecting someone else to handle that need, you know, you don't know where God has placed you to, to fill a need. Be the hands and feet. And to, I think my why, my personal why is to allow others to start seeing that we need to start thinking eternally rather than uh, thinking of the things of this world, because the things of this world um, are not, this is not our home and we need to think eternally. And so whatever that looks like, just, just making sure that others are aware um, of the Lord and the saving grace and to, to just think differently than this world has called us. You need to think differently than um, everyone else because we get caught up in this social um, 
normalcy where we want to be the brightest, the best, have the best things, the biggest things. And I think a little bit of that is okay. But um, I think you need to think past that. And I think you've got to be just different. I think you need to be different. Um, And I think that's what we're trying to do. I think we want to be different and we want to live our life differently and live it more based on the eternal rather than the things of this world. So. Very, very inspiring. Thank you to both of you. I love to hear your story. I love to hear how you are blessing lives, how you are really fulfilling a mission of, of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how you are looking for ways to serve thy neighbor, our neighbors, yeah. our friends and our families. Thank you so much for the time that you spent with us today. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. It was awesome. You you are fantastic. We love what you're doing, and we're so grateful that you um, had us on today. And we will meet. Yeah, <laughs> we will see you soon, for sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. We will make sure that we meet. Well, thank you yes, so sure. much. Thank you for listening to the Happiness Dude podcast, hosted by Dr. Mark Leonard. If you loved learning and being inspired today, make sure you subscribe to the Happiness Dude podcast on iTunes. And follow The Happiness Dude on Facebook for all announcements, events, and happiness insights.